Warning, this podcast may contain explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Noisemaker Podcast, where we interview bands that you may have never found anywhere else. We are your number one spot for discovering all new music, get to know artists, understand what drives them, and hear from some of their top tracks. Join me, your host, Rocky Ferenberg, as we give rise to the underground world of music and set out to do what so many others have failed to, be a staple for the independent musician. Now... Let's make some noise.
right, everyone, welcome back. This is episode 20 of the Noisemaker Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If you're returning, then thank you. If you like what we're doing here, please like, subscribe, and sh- uh, please like, subscribe, share, rate us with a five-star review. We are on all your favorite streaming platforms like iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at NoisemakerPod. On the Facebook page, we have a pin post that will link you over to the subscription page for our newsletter. It'll be a place where you can easily stay up to date with bands that have been on the program. Also, we're working on a Patreon subscription service that will have some added content bonuses, so stay tuned for that. This is the Noisemaker Podcast, where we help you with that horrible problem that we all face, where to find new and original music. On the line with me is Mike from Times Like These. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for coming on the show. Much appreciated. So let's go ahead and kick this off like we do every time and go ahead and tell us who's in the band and what instrument they play. And if they do anything else, you know, have another special role outside the band that helps push the band forward. Go ahead and tell us what what they do as well. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have me, I'm Mike, and I sing and play guitar in the band. Um, Our bass player is named Zach Dyer. He does backing vocals, and he plays the bass, like I said. Our drummer's name is Cody Homage, and our lead guitarist's name is Eddie Homage. And um, we have been together for two years. Nice, nice. So uh, what what else does anybody do for the band? Does, do they, uh, do the, does somebody specific do the booking? Does somebody else do graphic design? I mean, what, what else does everybody do? Well, we have a team of people, um, and our, in our team we have, Think people who do the photos, like our, our friend Matt Flood does photos for us. Um, currently, our friend TJ has been TMing for us on the past couple tours. And when it comes to booking and stuff like that, on the island, we are pretty good with self-booking because we're from Long Island, New York. Um, and we have a presence here where uh, self-booking is easy, but there are places that we go where you know people don't know who times like these are. So we have uh, companies who will... Uh, who like Zach will usually reach out to the companies and he will take care of the booking parts of uh, the band. So just to get this out of the clear, the, the name, the name times like these has been bugging me since I first read it because I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan. And so every time I hear times like these, uh, I, I immediately I start singing the, the Foo Fighters song. So was this, was this some sort of an inspiration in, into the band name or, or what, what's the story behind coming up with this band name? So, so believe it or not, that's like, um, that's the most popular question anytime we go somewhere people are like oh so it's the Foo Fighters right <laughs> and it's, it's actually not we all like the Foo Fighters but it's got nothing to do with the Foo Fighters no disrespect to them at all you know they're all talented dudes um we got the name from a early early on all-time low lyric um ah. and in uh in uh like off the, one of their first releases uh there's a song called Noel and their lyrics like times like these feel so dangerous and I remember when we did it I was like oh this is so original like where could we have possibly got this from? And I for, I totally forgot about the Foo Fighters and Dog. <laughs> and that was, uh, yeah, that was funny. But yeah, it's, uh, it's probably my favorite question because it's always when people are like, so the name, I, I already know it's coming and yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, and I, I, I didn't think that it was necessary. I, I assume that you guys didn't take it from their song. I mean, it, that's, I mean, the marketing for that would be really 
a, a, a poor decision based on that. Because whenever you search times like these, I mean, you're going to get lots of other lots of other stuff. I mean, I was in a band that the name was This Awkward Moment. And so when you try to search This Awkward Moment, you'd get That Awkward Moment movie and all kinds of stuff. So the, yeah. the, the searchability of the name is usually something that comes into play. So I, I wasn't thinking that you guys t- took it straight from them, but, you know, every time... I started talking to you online, getting this interview booked up and everything. I was like, I was like, every time I get times like these, you know, <laughs> I had to go it's over and watch the music video yeah. to satisfy it. You know, <laughs> it's a killer song. Yeah, it it's really good. Is. Yeah. So anyways, uh, was, was landing on this kind of pop rock and, and pop, uh, punk kind of style. I, some people think pop is a, a dirty word. I, I personally don't, but you know, was landing on this, this genre by accident or was it kind of a a planned out predetermined idea so i think uh because we we've definitely classified ourselves as a pop punk and pop rock band pop punk was no accident we got into this mindset that we were we wanted to do this upcoming and i don't even want to say upcoming genre because i feel like pop punk has evolved so much since you know like blink and green day to bands like neck deep and state champs there's been like a huge like uh you know uh evolution and i think that i think that when we when we were when we were like writing songs everything just went to that went to that idea and as we got older and even though it's only been two years our music style music style can change and we still listen to all those musics but we realized like we wanted to start replacing some of our guitar with synth and like um we realized that like maybe we're not really as punk as we thought we were (laughs) and uh we started writing like these pop rock songs and like we, uh, we just, uh, actually like exactly a month ago, we were in the studio with, uh, the drummer from all time low and we were, uh, working on some stuff. And that was, that was like, definitely when I, when I was like watching him work, I was like, okay, this is totally where I could see myself playing, you know, for <laughs> the rest of my life. Because I really think about how when it comes to pop punk, at least for me, I listen to some songs and I'm like, Oh, I couldn't, I don't think this is sustainable. Like, I don't think I could be 40 years old playing this song live. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and and I feel like, uh, no disrespect to anybody who does, like, the more power to you. I, my, like, my all-time favorite band was Blink-182, and they still kind of are. And, like, they're still, they're all in their 40s, and they're, they're chugging through. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if it's something I would want to do. I feel like I'd want my, I, I would want the music to mature with me as I matured. Yeah, I certainly agree. I think that, you know, and that would be one of those hard things because if you have a song, you know, like What's My Age Again and you're and you're 40 something years old, but people want to hear that song, you know, it exactly. could be a, a, one of those um, areas that it's hard, you know, so what I've talked to a lot of bands from uh, New York and, and even the greater New York area, just probably a, a, a significant portion of the bands I've had on is from New York. So, um I'm interested to hear your take. I usually ask bands about the music scene in New York and, and you know, how they, how they like it, how it relates to other places. Um, but let's hear your take on the New York music scene. Honestly, I love it. I think that you don't want to get too comfortable in any music scene because then it's going to, you know, be kind of hard for you to branch out to other ones. But I will say the music scene in New York, uh, we are super fortunate that that's where we started because, it's a bunch of people who will come together and they'll come, they'll come to shows and they'll support. Like when you go to a show out here, like we have a, a nice venue out here. And when you're playing a show out there, it's not only, what was the, fans. what was the venue called? You cut out. 
Oh, I'm sorry. It was called Revolution. Okay. And it's when you're playing a show there, it's not only your your friends and your your family and your fans coming. You'll see that like bands from all like the music scene, all different genres will be there supporting your band. And uh, it's it's honestly insane. Like it's it's definitely we've we've played out of state and I love there are certain states that I absolutely love. And if somebody called me up and was like, play a show there today, I would do it in a heartbeat. But like <laughs> New York is home and like it has always been that way. Great. So the, the song we heard at the top of the show was called Greetings from Avalon Park. Do you mind giving us a little bit of background on what this song is actually about? Absolutely. So Avalon Park is a place uh, by us in Long Island. Um, it's a nature preserve and it's a beautiful place. Uh, you could just go there and walk around for the entire day. And there's like uh, there's like hiking and you can they don't recommend you go off trail, but you can go off trail. Um, and it's just such a beautiful place. So when we wrote the song, we wrote we wrote 50% of it um, while all of us were in relationships. And the other 50% of it was when we were out of relationships. So I think, I think it's kind of a back and forth between like the anticipation of you falling out of love with somebody like in the verses while the chorus is after you have officially ended things. So for me, I think the verse were kind of like a painting of what it's like to fall out of love with somebody but still have a little bit of love it's like it becomes a different love while the choruses are more it's over with and uh like there's a lyric in there that's like uh like when the late night calls become nothing at all and it's basically saying like when everything is done when everything turns to shit and it's all said and said and done yeah i can certainly see what what you mean i mean there's i mean the crazy thing about relationships is that you've obviously uh, cared for that individual at some point in time. And even though you're not in love with that person anymore, there's still some level of, of care and concern that at least was, was there before. And so oh, it's, it's a hard thing to uh, differentiate between the, the two types of, of love. Exactly. I'm a big believer with, uh, with love. And I think one of the things with love is uh, that, when you love somebody, even I don't think the love ever stops. I just think it becomes a different type of love. So instead of that, like emotionally pushed love, it becomes almost like an endearing and caring and concerned love. Like, I hope nothing ever happens to you type of love. Like, I hope you, you know, you are happy and you, uh, you don't do anything stupid, <laughs> like <laughs> stuff like that. It becomes like, you know, like the way you love your friends, it becomes yeah. like that. Yeah, certainly. So the next the next song we got coming up is is uh, or the song we're about ready to hear is called Chicago. So you mind kind of doing the same thing? Give us a little bit of background on what Chicago's about. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Chicago is is probably one of my favorite songs off the EP because it's just so upbeat, and um, it definitely has a little bit of like our our punk roots, I'll say, uh, in it. But Chicago's about a night where. Um, a few people in the music scene and uh, some of the guys at times like these, we were all just hanging out. We just decided to party. And the whole song is about just us partying it up all night and, uh, you know, just being reckless. We were like 20 <laughs> or 20. And like the song didn't come out till we were 22, but we wrote the song when we were 20. And it was about like uh, this night where we honestly, we all just like, uh, it was me, Zach and Eddie. Those are members of my band. And then um, the bassist of a band called Suburban Zombie, who you guys should check out. His name's Andrew, and we were all just partying, and we were literally running around town and, like, just being wild and reckless, and we did not care. And uh, in hindsight, it was probably a horrible idea. Now that I'm 22, I feel like I don't think I would do that anymore. Not that two years really 
has changed me. I just like, <laughs> like I don't think I would want to run around wild and not care. Now you really got to care about what you're doing. <laughs> yes, that's great. That I certainly agree. I, I, uh, so at some point in time, you have to kind of uh, grow up a little bit, or else maybe you will be 40 years old still wondering what your age is. You know. <laughs> I a hundred percent agree with you. Well, this is going to be Chicago by times like these. Yeah, I blame Chicago for all the fast times, fading long nights and all the tricks out up your sleeve. guitar like me hey y'all this is rocky fernberg from the noisemaker podcast and i wanted to tell you all about warming guitars we all know that tone is the soul of the guitar and pickups create that perfect sound still the price of pickups can really break the bank these guys at warming guitars crank out some rad pickups at an affordable price i have been a boutique pickups guy my whole life however i find that the tone i pull out of warman's pickups is comparable to top manufacturers without the outrageous markup I endorse Warman Guitars as a common-sense alternative to pickups, and right now, Warman Guitars is offering exclusively to my listeners 20% off. That's right. When you go to warmanguitars.co.uk and enter Noisemaker20 at checkout, 
you'll receive 20% off your purchase. These pickups are already ridiculously affordable, and yet Warman wants to offer the listeners of the Noisemaker podcast an additional 20% off by entering Noisemaker20 at checkout. So take a minute and visit my friends over at warmanguitars.co.uk and pick up your 20% off when you use Noisemaker20 at checkout. Warming Guitars, a new heritage. Alright, so we're back with Mike from Times Like These. Let's kind of dive into the the songwriting process. How, How do you craft a song from an idea to a finished product? Um, Almost 99% of our songs have started with like a voice memo or like a <laughs> note, a note in like a, in a phone. Like um, even like there was a, there's a song called Passing Cars off of one of our latest releases and the lyrics, we sit for hours watching Passing Cars, the kind of love you give a movie star, sat in my phone for probably like two or three years before I even decided I wanted to do anything with them. <laughs> um, but I, I honestly, I can't take all the credit. My band, I, I work with, honestly the most talented human beings i've ever met and um <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly super lucky we it'll usually start with an idea uh, um, i'll have a melody and i'll bring it to eddie and eddie will put some guitar behind like some leads that he thinks would be cool i'll usually have like a melody and a rhythm and then we bring it to our drummer and we bring it to our bassist and we grind it out like um it's it's just always been like that and it's probably my favorite way to write because i don't i'm I love writing on my own, but like it's it's hard writing on your own because you want you want I don't want it to be a, a Mike Athenpora song. I want it to be a times like these song and times like these consist of three other amazing dudes, you know? Yeah, there's a there's a weird thing with writing on your own versus writing with other people. And I find um that if I write too much on my own, I kind of get sucked into writing the same song a different way. I feel and, that. Yeah, and, and, and I mean and the so the thing that I I haven't actually talked about it on the show for a while, but one of the things that I've always really liked is I, I write to a very bland format, especially since okay. I'm not the voc I'm not the vocalist in a band. We, we there wouldn't be a band if I was the vocalist. Let me put it that way. <laughs> so, you know, I, usually when I'm writing, you know, and, and bringing it to a vocalist, I write it in a very a bland melody or maybe a, a very generic melody, uh, you know, that repeats each line. That way I can just say, okay, it fits in these measures, you know, so I, I know it fits, you know, um, so I, then I usually bring it to the vocalist and then I'll usually have, you know, a, a chord progression or whatnot and begin to kind of jam it and let the vocalist kind of, you know, read the words, you know, begin to craft them himself, add some words, change some sentences around and begin to add a, his own melody to it. And so a lot of the songs I've written um, are, are written to a real bland format, you know, based on the idea of whoever I fall into writing the song with, it's not set in stone a certain way, you know. Now, I yeah. do have some other stuff that I write that has melodies, but I think that's really, it's really important. I mean, you play with a group of people because you like what they have to offer, you know. Oh, of course. And that's one of the things is I, what I love about my band is not all of us have the same, uh, we all have the same music taste where we like the same bands, but like our our bass player is really into like indie rock. And our drummer is really into straight, straight, like, pop punk. Um, our guitarist, like, really, really, really likes pop punk as well. But he's more into, like, the upcoming bands. And I'm very into, like, Eddie's also really into pop rock. And I'm really, really into pop rock. 
And the fact that we merge that into this thing that we call times like these, I think is so cool because it's not the straight, like four guys who wanted, it's not like that straight method who of four people who wanted to write a, B and C. It was like four people who wanted to write a, B, C and D, you know what I mean? Like there was so many different factors. So you guys are a four piece. You mentioned that a few times, but ha have you always been a four piece? Is this the original lineup or, or have there been other people in the band? Was it a five piece at once? I mean, you give us a little bit of background on the form on the formulation of what is currently times like these. Oh yeah, of course. So we've, when we first started, when we released follow your stupid dreams, we were not a four piece. We were a three piece. We did not have a drummer up until a month before the EP came out. So when we, <laughs> when we started writing it, um, I was writing the drum parts and the vocals and some of the guitar. Um, and Eddie was writing a good chunk of the guitar and Zach was writing his bass parts. And, um, we did that for, from probably August till May when we got our drummer. Um, and on the album, I, I drummed for almost every song on the album. Oh, and wow. yeah, we, so we did, we did it like that. And we, we found a drummer in May. Um, amazing dude who I still talk to till this day, but his heart wasn't into the whole touring um, aspect. And that was where our hearts were. We wanted to tour. We wanted to go out there and we parted ways with him. And a month later we found Cody. And I, I say this all the time. Cody is like one of the best drummers I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, actually that kind of, that kind of leads into the next question I had. I, you guys have, you guys have done a lot of touring. You guys have headlined some tours and you guys have been supporting acts on some tours for some, some bigger artists. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what the touring life has been for you guys? Uh, maybe some, maybe list out some pros and cons of what, you know, what goes into touring. Oh, totally. So I think the best part about tour is you're with your friends. There's nowhere, you know, like there's nowhere for me I'd rather be. I, I always say the two best parts of tour, besides being on tour, are right before you leave and right when you get home. Because you, <laughs> the right before you leave, you cannot wait to go on tour. And the minute you're home, you're so excited you're home. And, <laughs> and, and it's not like, oh, I, that was exhausting. It's just like you miss your family. You miss your other friends. You miss your, your pets. Um, but like tour, just it's it's a constant. It's just a constant high for us. Like. I feel like we're we are so involved in in meeting new people and 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 the thing is we'll talk to anybody. We will literally do we will literally walk into like a like a burrito place and be like, "What's up? We're times like these and we're playing down the road today." So so um, <laughs> let's see you there. And um that's what I think is just so so awesome about tour. And um I will say which we've realized we we think we're like a hardcore party band and we're not. Like we go on <laughs> When we go, the first tour, we definitely were. And I think that was when we realized that maybe we're, we definitely, we do. We like to party. But for some reason, when we're on tour, we just, we can't, we don't party. We're like the first band in bed. <laughs> well, like, they're like, do you want to party? And we're like, mm, like, we got to be somewhere in four hours. <laughs> uh, so I, and, but I think a lot of that also stems from where we are definitely a bit of a DIY band when we tour. We do it all ourselves. Yeah. So, so nothing is really a, nothing's very um already planned out for us we were very on the fly like we we don't have hotels until five minutes before we need a hotel <laughs> <laughs> so the next question i got is is usually one that i kind of have a, i pick kind of an off the wall question so why don't you tell me uh, uh or why don't you tell us a little bit about uh the most bizarre thing that has ever happened to you on tour or 
Say that again. On tour or just in general? Uh, just a, it doesn't matter. It could be an on tour story. It can be an in general story. It's just, it's it's you up to you to decide what the most I'm, bizarre thing is. You know what? Okay, I already have it, and it's the first <laughs> thing I thought of. It wasn't even on tour. It was at a home show. Um, we were playing this venue called the House of I think it was called it was like called the House of Brews. I want to say, or it was it was in Port Jeff. It, it recently closed down. But I wanted to play this venue for so long, and we finally got booked there. And I was so excited. And we were about to go on to perform. And, there's, you know, there's a bunch of people there, and everyone's dancing and having a good time. And I was walking to the bar to go get a water. And there was this lady who was probably um, probably in her late 30s, early 40s, who was just dancing. And I was just trying to get some water, and she wouldn't let me go around her. She was just dancing in front of me. <laughs> and um, I was like, yo, I really like, I, I love how much you're vibing this music, but I'm really thirsty. So like, I, I, I'm trying to walk around her and she grabbed me by both of my ears and kissed me. Oh, wow. And she just kissed me <laughs> and like threw me back. And I'm a, I'm a big dude. And she like threw me back with the, and I was, and I was, I was very caught off guard and very uncomfortable. We, we don't like, we don't, we definitely don't like being randomly kissed. I don't think that's not the first time it's happened. And it, it, it wasn't the last time it happened, but that was the one that sticks out because <laughs> I just wanted, usually you could see that stuff coming, but I just was like, I'm going to go get a water. I wasn't like, yo, I'm going to go get kissed by a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially a dancing stranger. Yes. <laughs> just, I, 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 you know, though, I have a bar that we play in a lot and, um, and I, I pictured, we also have kind of, a. uh, we have some pretty weird people. I'll just say it like that in case any of these individuals are listening to my show. They don't automatically poke out exactly who they are, or who I'm talking about. But we have some pretty off the wall people and, and including uh, some some ladies here that kind of fit that description. And uh, so I'm I know what you look like. I know what they look like. I know what the bar that I, you know, I got my own scenario playing right in my head. <laughs> That's great, man. What uh uh the next song that we have is uh Moody Blue. You mind telling us a little bit about Moody Blue? Yeah, absolutely. So Moody Blue was one of the most craziest songs we wrote because the song remember the template that I told you how we normally write it'll start as a voice memo or something or a note in my phone? Yeah. Well, this song honestly just took off with we were all sitting in a room and Eddie started playing a guitar thing and then Cody started playing and then I started like <laughs> screaming a melody over the microphone. And that was how moody. And that was literally how the song was written. The song was written in like two days. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's super cool. Yeah. There's been a few times that we had had something like that. So what, um, uh, what, what is the song actually about? Moody blue. It was really cool because I took this song. Um, I took this, a song that I wanted to write about and I wanted to write about emotion. And what I wanted to do was I didn't want to straight out just say I was writing about emotion. Um, I wanted to like give it like some, I wanted to color it up a little bit. And by saying I want to color it up, what I did was I just changed how I would say emotion. I just gave it like colors. So I was saying like, I'm changing colors every day. Your shades of red will fade to gray. You tell me blue is all that I need. Like I, I didn't want to straight out say these emotions. I wanted it to be where whoever's listening to it can put their own emer emotions there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that that idea. In fact, I was just doing an interview with another band, and we were just talking about how you know it's it's really cool to contrast the um, like the subject matter with something that's completely 
unrelated, you know, but you can still have the picture painted despite these two things being unrelated, you know? Yeah. So this is going to be Moody Blue by Times Like These. professional screen printer 
Ghost Town Hardware has high quality staff to accommodate all your screen printing needs. Are you in a band, on a sports team, or looking for company t-shirts? Whatever it may be, Ghost Town Hardware provides skilled professionals that will complete the job on time. Ghost Town Hardware strives to provide the best product at the perfect price. I have personally used Ghost Town Hardware several times in the past. Not only did my band repeatedly purchase shirts, stickers, and more, but I also used Ghost Town Hardware to provide attire for my event staff. I have been treated fairly and with respect, which is not something everyone can say. Right now, for new clients, Ghost Town Hardware is offering 60% off all setup fees when you use the promo code NOISEMAKER60. Once again, Ghost Town Hardware is taking over half of the setup fee price off for new clients when you use NOISEMAKER60. To redeem your 60% off setup fees, just email josh at gthardware at gmail.com. That's g-t-h-a-r-d-w-e-a-r at gmail.com. Or you can call at 208-731-3566. Again, that's 208-731-3566. And use the promo code NOISEMAKER60 to get 60% off your setup fees. Ghost Town Hardware. Quality over quantity. Some restrictions may apply. Alright, so we're back with Mike from Times Like These. Hello. <laughs> How important do you think images for musicians? Honestly, I think an image is way more important than people realize. Even may, honestly, maybe even more important than I realize. I think images are just you need your own image because that's what people's that's what sticks out with a band. Look at bands like who are not even in a genre that I play, but like Look at bands like Kiss. Like you know Kiss because they wear makeup and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. You look. You look at bands like like ICP because they they you know they do like the clown thing. Um, you look at bands like Blink One Eighty Two, who you know because oh that's that band that runs around naked and their guitar <laughs> player aliens like uh, well their old guitar player. But yeah, that's what uh that's what I think about image, and I think that's why image is so important. Yeah, I would certainly agree that that image is is certainly important to to bands. And and the the last person I was talking to about this, we were talking kind of a, a little bit about how it, Im, image is important on and off the stage. You know, it's it's important to have you know a specific image out you know outside of the band. I mean, last thing you want is um uh to be associated with one member being uh uh you know in a crackhead or something like that. You know, as well. You know, so. <laughs> Yeah, what I was saying is that's it's it is super important because you want to make sure you're surrounding yourself around around people you trust. You you don't you don't really want to be around shitty people, you know. Not saying that like I'm not saying that anybody I hang around with is shitty. I'm saying that like <laughs> you don't want to associate with bad people because your friends are. I really do believe your friends are a reflection of you. Yeah, yeah. There's that saying, uh, "You are your friends." Yes. So the the next question we have lined up here is what, what do you what do you think is key to being a successful musician? Honestly, I just I really think your heart has to be behind it. I think I think you obviously have to know what you're doing instrument like uh, you obviously <laughs> have to know how to play your instruments, but I think a lot of it stems from you. Your heart has to be behind it. I think that's yeah. I honestly think that's the biggest part. If you don't believe in yourself, no one's gonna believe in you. Yes, yeah, because you can see. You can see people that are 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 really in it, and, and pe- the people that have love for it, they have this this thing that 
this uh i guess it would be like an aura that radiates from them that that the the fans and the the people in the audience and even other people on stage can feed off of versus someone who's who's not not there yes i just think that's probably the most important part is like like i know i'm harping on the believing in yourself but like you you just see so many bands who i feel like i pay more attention to a band when i know that they know that they are giving it their everything yeah just leaving it all out there that their heart and their soul is in what they're writing exactly what do you think that as a band what do you think that your biggest obligation to your fans is biggest obligation yeah um hmm, that's a tough question i i think honestly we are one of those bands where we are just we're very close with our fans um like we're we we never felt we never felt obligated to do anything because I feel like we just we become we've become we've developed this like fan base in in every state that we've gone to where just we we're very close with our fans that you know they can talk to us if they ever need anything they can always message our account and we'll always answer. Um, so I wouldn't even say obligation. I think I think one of the things that we've done with our fans is we we've kind of made a friendship and I think that's just my favorite thing. Nice, nice. So it's not so it's not an obligation at that point. It becomes more. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. No, I, we never felt obligated to answer. It's just who we are. We'll always answer. Yeah. Then it becomes more of a um, an honor more than an obligation. Yeah. It's you know what we're we have to thank all of the people who come to our shows, who buy our CDs. You know what I mean? It's yeah. one of the things that without all these people, they we would be nothing. Well, that kind of leads into the uh, the next section. The next section I have is is an area that I leave for bands to throw out shout outs and plugs. And I, I mean, you can plug your music too if you want, but I mean, I'm going to put that all in the show notes as well, uh, like I do every time. So, but yeah, this this is kind of an area for you to throw out shout outs, plugs, anything you want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, honestly, I got to shout out my mom. I'm a mama's boy, and <laughs> I love my mom. So, mom, if you're listening, hello, I love you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to shout out the rest of my band who, you know, are the best. Um, and we honestly, like everybody in Connecticut, Massachusetts, where we have outside of New York, our, our biggest, uh, I would say our big, our biggest following in those two States outside of New York. Um, thank you guys for all your love and support. You guys are the best and we would be nothing without you. Excellent. So this, this last song is going to be called pipe bomb and so you want to tell us a little bit about what what pipe bomb is about pipe bomb was the chorus i'm sorry it's late and i kept you waiting that part honestly came about when me and eddie were sitting in like a denny's at like three in the morning <laughs> and um he realized that he he forgot to tell his dad he wasn't going to be home so he called up and left a voicemail that was like i'm sorry it's late and i kept you waiting i'm sorry i'm supposed to be home like two hours ago and i remember like just hearing i'm sorry it's late and i kept you waiting and uh, I just thought that was just such a good lyric. I was like, oh, that could be a good lyric. Good job. And um, <laughs> it just stemmed into a song. And I think even though the song has nothing to do with this, uh, well, everybody in the band likes wrestling. And the song starts with wrestling bells. And uh, it's it, like even when we play it live, like we start with these like really loud wrestling bells. Um, that's what I, I get from the song. It's got nothing to do with wrestling. But to me, it's a wrestling song. Like, even like... <laughs> Like we 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 like um Cody Eddie and I not so much Zach we'll go to like indie shows like indie wrestling shows, and there are people that know our band who who have asked if they could you know use pipe bomb as an opener like to, to come out to. We we've, we've all we've said yes <laughs> like a bunch of times, but there's probably gonna be like four people who have it as their uh, as their entrance music. 
<laughs> that's funny. That's that's great. It, it's it's an entrance song and it's a, a wrestling song or not a wrestling song, but kind of a wrestling song. It, it, I guess it's honestly almost. I think it's also a breakup song. If you want me to be honest with you, but like I think I to me it's a wrestling song. <laughs> that's great. So this is gonna be pipe bomb by times like these. enjoyed my interview with Mike from times like these. Mike was super awesome. And I, I really, really enjoyed chatting with him. 
just like me, Mike was getting over a cold and I'm hoping that he got everything taken care of because he was preparing to leave uh, the following Monday for another tour. So I could imagine that being a singer and having a cold is probably not a good combination, especially whenever you add that to the fact that you're about to leave on tour. So I hope everything went well and I hope you were taking the, the medicine regiments you needed in order to get uh, get out there on the road and get everything taken care of. I also was really a big fan of the idea that th- they didn't shy away from the, the pop uh, element of the, of the genre. Uh, so many people in music kind of try to chastise punk or pop, I mean, and, and, and really try to veer away from being, you know, poppy. And, and I, I, I think that that's kind of a, a negative, you know, if, if you have an element of a genre, um, you should embrace it. Either that or you should change what you're doing because, you know, you, you should just be what you are and, 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 and accept, you know, what you do. So I, I always love it whenever I hear a band actually embrace the pop element because it's so, I, people crap on it all the time. So good job to you guys. Yeah, like I said before, if you guys get out this way, I would love to come by and check out a show, uh, judging by your guys' music videos and some live videos I've seen. Uh, really energetic band and really seem like a band that just kind of leaves it all out there on the stage. So thank you guys for coming on. And, uh, next week we are going to have an actual, uh, how would I put this in? Like a real original punk band, like that punk that you get from like the eighties. So, um, this band is also going to be out of Dallas, Texas. So be sure to tune in next week to check these guys out. Once again, I would like to thank everyone for listening. Please like, share, and subscribe. Give us a five-star review. I have included links to the band's pages and their music in the show notes. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at NoisemakerPod. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email me at NoisemakerPod at gmail.com. And until next time, don't stop following your dreams.